0: It's great. Well, good morning, Crosswinds. Well, how the heck are you, huh? Clearly, I am not Chris Coley. I am Sophia Acero. Yeah, you stuck with me this morning. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. You hear that, Chris? I need a raise. Gosh darn it. I'm just kidding. I don't need no raise. I do it for the Lord. You know, my gifts are in heaven. Ah, that's what they keep telling me. That's why I do this. Gosh, I don't know. Well, once again, I am stoked to be with you this morning. I just have a fun time up here. Is it okay if I just myself? Uh, I'm wearing my checkered pants for you guys. I, I put on my big moves, okay? So this, this, is, this is it. I'm just gonna be my, myself this morning. But uh, in fact, would you do me a favor while I uh, secretly give you something to do while I turn to the right page in my notes. Uh, can you turn to the best looking person next to you and say, I'm so glad to be sitting next to you this morning. <laughs> and, and, then, and then after you're done with that, can you turn to your second choice and say, second choice, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome singles. Can I get a whoop whoop? And you're also, wow, we got a lot of single people in the house. Okay, okay, 916. <laughs> um, but you're also welcome because I expose haters around you. That's what I'm here to do. You know, I'm here to give, I'm here for you, Crosswinds. Really, I am. Uh, well, as you probably don't know this, because it's not very obvious, I'm an extrovert. I know, I know, it's a big shock, I know. Uh, But I literally get fueled from people. Like when I'm hanging out with my friends, um, I'm usually the one who gathers everybody around. I'm the one who's just like, hey, hey, hey. It's a Sunday afternoon, let's go to Santa Cruz. Everybody in my car, let's go. I'm like the gather, and I love doing stuff with people. I get fueled and charged off of people. But there's always this one friend in my groups, it doesn't matter who they are, there's always this one friend that always asks me the one question that, oh, it makes my blood boil. Now, I don't get phased too often, I don't get mad too easily. You know, I am a Latina woman, so I am a little hot-headed, let's be honest. but. Uh, There's always this one person. So when I'm gathering, I'm like, hey, let's go. All right, circle up the crew. We're going here, we're meeting here, we're gonna go here, it's gonna be great. I got the plan all lined up. You're gonna take my car so everyone's saving on gas because I'm usually driving. There's always one friend that asks, well, who's all gonna be there? Oh my God. (laughs) I swear to the Lord that that is the worst question. I do not like when my friends ask me that because I'm like, am I not good enough for you? It's, I'm asking you to come with me. Why are you asking who's all gonna be there? It doesn't matter if it was just me, isn't that good enough? It's the, just the wrong question. My other least favorite question is, and maybe some of you parents can attest to this is, are we there yet? Oh my goodness, OMG Becky. Honestly, like ask me that one more time and I'm going to smack your lips off. Um, It's just a wrong question. And usually they ask it when we're just leaving the driveway or maybe we're like five minutes down the road. Are we there yet? Oh my, say that one more time. Say Say it one more time. Uh, When I was younger, um, I had the um, uh, unique task of being the permanent dishwasher in my home. And uh, yeah, no, I wasn't my favorite chore. That was my chore, I washed dishes. Morning, noon, and night, all I felt like was I washed dishes. My hands were like those little prunes shaped hands because I was just like, Mom, do you see this? This is why I'm single. This is because my hands, they're just so, so pruney. I was younger, all I did was, and my mom, being the wonderful Latina woman that she is, was just like, no, and we were the kind of house too that had a perfectly good dishwasher in our house, but it was just never used. I was the dishwasher, and the dishwasher was there to put the dry dishes in so that they can, you know, does that make sense to anybody? But, okay, thank you, mom, God. Um, But I was um, not quite the angel that you see standing before you this morning. Uh, I was a little bit of a hellion when I was younger. I caused a lot of trouble. I know, unbelievable, right, Adele? Um, I was a little bit challenging. I always had to have the last word. My mom is probably watching, mm-hmm, amen, say that again, so they know you were a trouble child. I used to always just want to challenge her. And I remember this one specific time that I had got enough courage, just like that song. I must have been listening to it on replay, because I was like, take courage. Bar. So I was like, that's it. I am done doing the dishes. I am done being this permanent dishwasher in this family. I've had it and I'm putting my foot down. You know, I'm in my middle school, you know, I'm thinking like, man, I'm tired. I have to do homework. And then I, I have to play outside with my friends. Like I don't have time for this. I'm exhausted at the end of the day, right? Every middle school ever, every middle schooler ever, I'm exhausted, I can't do this. So my mom, same thing, Sophia, okay, to the dishes. And I just, I got my courage. I sucked in a deep breath. I said, do I have to? Like that with the, with the head, like this. Do I have to? <laughs> now, I told you I am from a Latin home. My mom took off her shoe. <laughs> am I lying? I have family in here this morning. She took off her shoe. She looked at me with death eyes like she wanted to pop every single, oh, she wanted to pop my head off, like just, oh, she was, she was angry. Now, I, I came out okay, so you know, it was, it was fine. She held up, she goes, no, Sophia, you don't have to, but you also don't have to eat. <laughs> so when I come home from working three jobs because I'm supplying food for your sisters and you and come home exhausted and whip up a meal and you could just sit there and watch. That's what you can do. Can I? Do I have to do this? So there is such a thing. Listen, my mom, passive aggressive. Am I right? (laughs) I was just asking a question, mom. Jeez. Jeez. That's probably still why I'm in therapy today. Thank you, mom. I guess the funny thing about asking questions is there's such a thing as a wrong question. Uh, Just ask Google. They get millions upon millions of questions asked by normal everyday people. Uh, for instance, I read this report recently uh, on the top most bizarre questions ever asked on Google, and, and I picked my favorite, my, my top uh, eight because um, they were most appropriate for church. But can men get pregnant was the first question. First of all, men <laughs> go to school. <laughs> How do I get home? Are aliens real? Why are we here? Somebody was looking for purpose why does my boss hate me do penguins have knees why won't my car start and my favorite one do worms have eyes (laughs) there is such a thing crosswinds as a wrong question we've been in the series now called tomorrowland and we've been we've been playing with this idea of stepping fully into your dreams Each week we've been looking at specific areas and ways to help clear your way so that you can achieve your dreams, whether it be through prayer, uh, inviting God in your prayer, taking risks, or this idea of staying laser focused. But you're gonna come against obstacles and challenges in the way of your dream, much like that drama we just saw. Sometimes it just doesn't work out and you get deny, after deny, after delay, after block, after block, after block. And when these, Oh, oh, oh obstacles do come, let me suggest to you that in order to overcome them, you ask a better question. Every thought you have starts with a question. Listen, I like to be very humble, open, and transparent up here. You know this. One of the biggest questions that I struggle with, and, and I, every time my dream takes a challenge or faces uh, an obstacle, I constantly question, and I ask the wrong question, what's wrong with me? Has anybody, am I alone? Sometimes I say like, obviously, my dream doesn't come pa- to pass. I'm getting blocked. The common denominator is me. So what's wrong with me? Why am I always here? And, and that question is a wrong question because it attracts so many answers because you have an enemy of your dream that literally cannot wait for you to ask the wrong questions because he will come with plenty of answers. Because when I start asking, what's wrong with me, the enemy of my dream says, oh, let me tell you, let's start from when you were an infant. And let's start about the time when you told your mom, do I have to? And let's also jump forward to just yesterday. I mean, it comes in and it just delays my dream even more because it blurs my thoughts and my head. Today, I want to share with you this idea of belief because believing is crucial to overcoming obstacles for your tomorrow land. I took a look in the dictionary on the definition of belief, and I want to show you these definitions, what I saw. The first one was accept something as true, feel sure of the truth of. The second one was hold something as an opinion, think or suppose. The funny thing is, is when I was uh, looking at the definition of this, I thought of that song that we just sang, hold on to your hope, watch your triumph unfold, he's in the waiting. The song is basically telling us to believe, hold, believe in your hope. So let me ask you this Crosswinds, who is your hope? I hope you say Jesus. You see, without belief, you can't have faith. And then without faith, you can't hold on to hope. And the cycle continues because this is the journey that we're on and all embarking on within our tomorrow land. In earlier weeks, we've been talking about this idea that we can maintain our dreams for our life when we focus, when we risk, when we pray and invite God into our dreaming. So let me ask you this, now that you have the dream Maybe you've taken a risk or a few risks or maybe taken a large risk. You brought what is really true into focus in your dream. What happens when obstacles come against your dream then? What happens when your dream gets blocked or delayed? What now? How do you continue dreaming when you can't believe in yourself, let alone your dream? Usually when we come against obstacles, our faith begins to shake and we begin to ask God, the wrong questions. I'm gonna give you three that I know I struggle with when obstacles come against my dream. The first one is, when will all this be over? The struggle, the season, when will this be over? When can I just get out of this? When can I just get through this? The second one, I shared earlier, what's wrong with me? What, What am I not doing right? Why is nothing clicking for me? The third, is this all there is? Is, is this it? We demand answers from God from all the questions that we have, and there are a ton, and I don't know about you, but I don't get too many answers from God because what I'm starting to learn in my faith journey is that walking with the Lord looks less like getting answers and more like asking better questions. The power of a better question let me clarify this by uh, something in the Bible that I read. Um, uh, back in your Bible in Exodus chapter four, there's this guy named Moses. When we find Moses in chapter four, he's been hiding for 40 years. His people have been enslaved and in bondage for over 40 years. And in chapter four, we read God asking Moses to do something kind of big. His assignment that God gave him was, Moses, I'm choosing you. You're gonna free the people. And let's read here in chapter four, Uh, chapter four, verse one, where Moses' response says, well, what if they don't believe me? Let's look closely at what God responds to a wrong question. What is that in your hand? God didn't answer, he responded with a question, a better question. Moses asked, what if they? God asked, what is that? What is that in your hand? God will always point you to what is at hand. Your hypothetical questions are only gonna keep you out of focus and unclear, but God cleared it up by asking what is in your hand? What have I already given you, Moses? The only way I know how to kind of illustrate this more, because I feel like a lot of you are like, I still don't understand soap, but I'm I'm trying to track along with you, is by an illustration, because I'm a very visual learner. I'm a creative arts pastor, for crying out loud. So today, I asked my production team actually to help me out with this uh, illustration uh, to bring a little bit more clarity on what I mean by this idea of a better question. So in production, maybe some of you don't know, uh, but we have multiple cameras um, up there, you probably never seen now you're like, Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, we do. See, we do use tithing offering for the better of the house of the Lord. <laughs> um, um, so at any given time in our live stream can vouch for this at any given time, we're switching angles to either punch in for the drama or maybe to get a better, a side angle of Chris. Cause his right side was kind of like, eh, I don't know if he <laughs> did his hair that morning, so let's stay on the left count. So sometimes we switch and sometimes, you know, we're constantly switching back and forth. And we constantly are um, just switching cameras and angles. We have like at least four cameras set up. Now that doesn't happen, the switching of a different camera doesn't happen unless Peyton back there, my right hand man, switches the camera. So although Brandon is up here in camera two, say hi Brandon, everyone wave hi to Brandon. Yeah, camera two. Even though Brandon is behind camera two, Brandon is not ultimately in control Peyton is. I'm gonna ask Brandon uh, if you could, I'm gonna throw, yep, my, yeah, they're already ahead of the game. Thank you, Peyton. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna show this. So I threw up my own camera up on the screen so you guys can see my beautiful face. Hey, the name's Flynn, <laughs> Flynn Ryder. I'm just kidding. Chris, don't ever let me come up here again. So I'm looking at camera two. And, and I'm gonna ask Brandon to make it really blurry. Make it really blurry. Just get me out of the frame, out of the picture. See, so oftentimes, this is what you see when you dream. Things get a little fuzzy, things get a little blurry. Your purpose gets a little out of sight. And it's unclear. And, and, and I can sit here and shout at Brandon this whole time, like, come on, Brandon. hey get the picture going. Hey, hey, clear it up, Brandon. Hey, hey, aren't you paying attention to me, Brandon? Let's go. But Brandon's not ultimately, although he's operating the camera, he's not in control. Peyton is. Peyton, who you don't see, is holding something called the control switcher. When Peyton switches, the picture becomes clear. This screen that that i'm showing you right now that i'm on represents your emotions what you're portraying and projecting into your life the control strict uh what 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 brandon is representing back there is your um what is he what is he (laughs) representing your thoughts (laughs) he's representing your thoughts and then peyton who you don't see represents your questions so make it blurry When you start asking questions regarding your dream, like I can't see past this, I don't know what to do, what's wrong with me, I can't see past this, when is this gonna be over? I can't see past this certain situation. I don't even know what I'm gonna do next. I don't see any, is this all there is, God? Is this all I'm dreaming? You have to switch and you get a better picture. You see your mind, you're asking better questions clears up the focus when things are getting blurry. So make it blurry one more time. When you start seeing obstacles, make your dream unclear and you're just blurry. And this is what you're projecting onto your life when your thoughts are getting fuzzy, when your thoughts are like, I'm confused right now, God, and I'm asking all these questions and it gets a little blurry and I can't see past this point. But then Peyton switches and you got to ask a better question. What does it matter? God is in control. When what we see in those critical moments are based on what question you are asking. So when we ask, Let's go back to blurry. The wrong questions, when will this be over? This season, when, when, I can, when can this obstacle just be done with? What's wrong with me? Is this all there is? You've got to switch to better questions. What stops us from believing in our tomorrow land is those wrong questions. And today I'm gonna to pair those wrong questions with three better questions that Paul in the Bible says we can ask. So I don't know if you know who Paul is, but Paul is responsible for writing over half of the New Testament. His words are irreplaceable. Um, it, it wasn't always easy for Paul. If you know Paul, he didn't start off too hot. He was kind of a bad dude. So his beginning wasn't clear, and it wasn't just the best point. And then even when we, where we catch him now in Philippians, he's still kind of not in the greatest shape. Life hasn't been always good for Paul. So let's jump in. I'm gonna read a lot of verses, so just stay with me. I'm gonna read like 14 verses, but I I got a plan for this, okay? Just switch to a better question, okay? Not how long is this gonna take, but I know I'm getting something out of this, Sophia. Why am I sitting here, Lord? Okay, so verse 12, I'm gonna start off. In Philippians 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains. Paul is in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, Paul says, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my good. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body this will remain fruitful labor for me yet what shall I choose? I am torn between the two I desire to depart and just be with Christ and die which is better but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ will overflow." Huh, what the heck is Paul on? This guy's on a whole different level. His situation is telling me he's in bondage, he's in chains, He's trapped, he's stuck, his, he's done, his dream is completely dead, it's over. But Paul is choosing to believe in who God says he is, whether or not God is gonna pull him out of this obstacle. He believed in who God is. Paul must have been asking a better question. I'm sure the people who love Paul were asking questions too. When are you gonna get up, Paul? When are you get to bust out of these chains, Paul? We need you. People depended on Paul's words. People depended on his teachings. So they were asking just as many questions as Paul was, I'm sure, of like, when are you coming out? When are you going to do this? When are you going to be free? We need you here. We need you here. And Paul's like, I'm in chains. I can't do anything about this. I don't know. My head's going crazy. I'm getting fuzzy. I'm getting unclear. I don't know. When will this be over? When will you be out of chains? You see, there are actually, if you were reading along with me, there are three questions that we found just right in the scriptures, if you were following along, that we read in Philippians, that Paul said that you can ask or that he was asking himself. Verse 18, what does it matter? What does it mean? And what will I choose? It's right there in the script. The first question we see is in Philippians 1.18 earlier. The first question says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Wow, he asked the question, what does it matter? This is how Paul kept his mind clear because he switched. He believed in what God said and will continue to hold on to that hope, that promise, that call, that dream because he believed. He simply asked a better question not who put him here, not who's responsible for this, not when is he getting out, but what does it matter? It matters because Paul believed God had a plan, even now, stuck in chains, maybe even death, Paul believed. Your questions, Crosswinds, direct the integrity of your thoughts. When Paul asks, what does it matter? He is believing that his dreams, his purpose, is not hindered by his current situation. Now, we may not be in jail or in bondage, but each one of us are facing an obstacle in our life, maybe towards our dream, maybe just in life as general. And that drama that we just saw, where it's denied after denial after denial, after block after block after block, we face oppositions that we have no control over. What does it matter? It matters because you have a purpose a dream, and God will continue to use you and your current situation to grow you into who he has specifically called you to be. Let me ask you this, you don't have to raise your hands if you don't want to, but let's be honest, humble, open, and transparent in this building. How many of you are waiting on an answer from God right now? Now, let me tell you this, if you don't get an answer, might I suggest, instead of blurring your thoughts with asking when, how, where, who, ask a better question. What does it matter? What is God doing through this situation, through me, in me? Let's move on to the second question. What does it mean? Paul surrendered his thoughts over to God and took control and continued to encourage himself and others in verse 21. We read, he already made up his mind. He says, I am to go on living in the body. This will mean fruitful labor. He already made up his mind that he is meaning to be here. It means, what does it mean for him to be in chains? Instead of getting caught up in like, oh gosh, I'm stuck. This is the end. This is it. He's like, what does it mean? It means that I'm still gonna be fruitful in this. I'm still gonna be making an impact in this situation and in this uh, season. To be in this situation, stuck in bondage, unable to be at the capacity that Paul once was, What does it mean? It meant Paul was going to continue to have fruitful ministry and that God still had a plan. He made up his mind crosswinds. He got control of the wrong questions that he could have possibly been asking. And he kept clear about his dream because he kept believing. Third question, what will I choose? Again, in the same verse, he says, I am to go on living in this body and mean fruitful life, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I want to do this and I want to do that but I'm what am I choosing and earlier we even read in 18 what he says and because of this I rejoice he's continuing to rejoice what Paul is choosing is to rejoice his situation is crap he's in prison his thoughts could be like this is it I've done the best I can Lord come on zoom me up beam me up Jesus I've done the best I could this is the end Why did I do all of that traveling? Just just get here in chains, that's it, I'm done. But Paul chose to rejoice. So what are you choosing this morning, Crosswinds? I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice without a job, because I've been there before. I choose when I wake up in the middle of the night with a full-blown panic attack, I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice even when I don't know, Lord, is this really where you want me? I'm choosing to rejoice. When I'm uncertain in a season of my life or maybe who I'm with, I choose to rejoice. Say that with me, church. Say, I choose to rejoice. rejoice. I'm saying that I choose to believe who God says he is in my life and what he has for me, the plans he has for me. You see, Paul was not concerned with the questions, when is God gonna get me out? I'm sure maybe he did. Let's be honest. If we were Paul, we'd be like, okay, Lord. Now, listen, either you beam me up or you know you get me out of do your supernatural deity thing where you know an angel appears and you know he busts me out of this chains and do something supernatural I'd be begging god to get me out Paul wrestles with this thought oh it would be so much easier if i were to just die get this over with i did a good work i did my time i could be over now like lord i want to be with you but paul believed he chose his dream he chose his purpose over his prison He's not talking about whether or not God's gonna get him out of this situation. Paul's talking about what God is gonna go do through this situation. So now, friends, what questions are you asking in this time when you're wanting an answer from God? Paul teaches us that even if nothing changes, even though we may not have control over our situation or our obstacles, we can have control over our soul, over our joy, and over our questions. Let me ask you this. Uh, Do you know who put this podium here? You know, nobody knows his name or who it was. (laughs) But let, let let me tell you this. Who put it here is not as important as why it was put here. You see that? It was put here so that I could preach this word and encourage every heart in this place that even when your dream seems blurry and you don't get any answers from God, you can ask better questions to help overcome obstacles that your dream may be facing today to the folks that are discouraged this morning. Paul didn't know how much his words would matter. You think when he was sitting in a nasty jail cell, wondering like, Lord, I don't know what to choose, I don't know, uh, what what am I doing? He's getting beaten. He didn't, it didn't look like hope was anywhere near, he was blurry. The picture was unclear. You think that he thought for one minute off of his better questions that it would lead to his words being put on coffee mugs and, and, and t-shirts. To live is Christ and to die is gain. So, some, of these, some of these words that Paul wrote in the gel are some of your life verses that keep you going when you are at your lowest. You think Paul had it in his mind that over 2000 years ago, his words in that gel cell, the questions that he was asking himself, he would ask, what does it matter? It matters because this one. It matters because of you, because I need to keep them going, because I need to keep them dreaming. I have a purpose in this. I know it looks bleak, and I know it looks done, and I know it looks dead, but I have a purpose because what does it matter? It matters because God has put a dream in me. God has purposed me for this, and it may not look like anybody else's dream, but there's a purpose in this. You think that he saw people getting tattooed of his verses across their chest? and other body parts that I don't like to mention. (laughs) Some of the most famous words are from Paul. You think he saw that? So Crosswinds, let me tell you this. When we ask these wrong questions, when will this be over? May I suggest a better question, what does it matter? When we start asking, what's wrong with me? Why do I always keep doing this? We ask, what does it mean? What does it mean that I stay in this, that I stay strong for my family, for my spouse, for my community? And when we get tied up with the question, is this all there is? We ask a better question, what will I choose? I choose to continue dreaming. I choose to continue believing. I choose. You won't know how much it matters until after you have to believe God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Paul believed, do you? You matter, your dream matters. you got to have faith to believe it right now. Now you may be going through a difficult time, but believe God is in control. I want you to have peace, crosswinds, and know that you have peace, but you gotta switch. I want you to know you have a purpose for your life, but you gotta switch. I want you to know that your dreams and visions are still gonna come to pass, but I need you to switch. Believe that you can take control over your thoughts and recenter them around the belief that God is who he says he is by asking better questions. Every plan that God has designed for your life will come into fullness. The power of a better question. So to every person under the sound of my voice, maybe you have a voice that's telling you, you don't matter. This dream doesn't matter. You're down, you're out, doesn't matter. The enemy doesn't want you to know, the enemy of your dream doesn't want you to know that what's inside of each one of you is bigger than anything you can think, dream, or even imagine. God has a plan for you. God has made you unique, custom design for his purpose and for your tomorrow land. You have to believe that so your thoughts remain on him. And even when things go blurry, Crosswinds, you have the control to switch. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, thank you so much for this word. Thank you for the words of Paul. Thank you for tenacity. Thank you, Lord God, that you have given us courage this morning. Thank you, Lord God, that we're not leaving here discouraged. We're leaving here with just better questions, Lord God. When we face obstacles, Lord God, give us better questions, Father. I pray that you would remind everybody when their dream comes against obstacles, when they come against blocking, Lord God, or denial or delayed, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that this message will come into their remembrance and they would switch to better questions, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that today, this morning, we infuse belief back into the people of God. I pray this all in your name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. You guys have a great Sunday. We'll see you next weekend.